0: Thank you, choir. Beautiful, worshipful music and a joy to hear and to worship together. There is, I've been gone um, in the month of July, unusually uh, more. There is no truth to the rumor that I was away getting my tongue fixed. Um, that I promise you that it still is capable of being tangled, uh, quite often. But I hope I have your attention, <laughs> uh, that you'll listen uh, and and continue to be gracious and forgiving for my tangled tongue from time to time. I'm tempting with the words that I'm using even now. Uh, but when one of the last times, uh, if not the last, when I was with you, uh, we closed out the 13th chapter of Hebrews with a beautiful. Benediction. That's really a prayer. That's what a benediction is, but uh, it's the author of Hebrews' uh, benedictory prayer for these Hebrew Christians. That benediction is this in Hebrews 13 and verse 20. Now may the God of peace, who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant. May He make you complete in every good work to do His will, working in you what is well pleasing in His sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. What a beautiful benediction. And I'm drawn, as we all should be, to the prayers of the Scripture or the benedictions that we find. And so that led me to Romans chapter 15 and a very familiar single text, single verse, that's a benediction as well. It seems like Paul, the author of Romans, is, uh, of course, he's spirit-led, obviously. We believe the Word of God is divinely inspired. And so what's written is God's purposed Word, but it almost reads as though Paul's having a hard time closing out this book or this letter to the Roman Christians. So in verse 13, it's not the end, there's a whole other chapter to follow, but he gives a benediction. Romans 15 and verse 13 is our text this morning. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. What a beautiful verse, a tremendous verse. May the God of hope. Now the author of Hebrews referred to the God of peace. Aren't you glad that he's both a God of hope, a God of peace? We'll see in a moment that he's far more than just that. But in these verses, what he's doing is, is as he begins to close out his final thought. The first 11 chapters of Romans is the doctrinal aspect. And then starting at chapter 12, he talks of the practical matters or the duty, if you will, that we, you know, that's why we receive doctrine, so that we can fulfill the duty God has for us. And so as he's beginning to close out that section on duty He prays, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Does that verse describe you? Does it describe me? Are you filled with hope? Are you hopeful? I read about two villages that were at the valley or the foot of of mountains. And they were totally different villages, but both had water supplies that were somewhat different. One village was supplied by a stream that came down out of the mountain. Mostly it was melted snow and it was beautiful and tasteful. Until the summertime came, the snow had all melted away and there was just a trickle that was left in that stream, their water supply for that village. The other village didn't have a stream coming out of the mountain. It had instead a well in the center of that village, an artesian well that flowed constantly. Where would you want to dwell? Where would you want to live? The one where some summers it seemed like their water supply was gone, or the one where there was a constant supply? When I read this benediction, I'm thinking of that constant supply of hope that our Lord gives to His children, to believers in Christ. Do I abound in hope? Too often, and I'm guilty, but too often we find ourselves, remember Winnie Winnie the Pooh and his uh, uh, group of friends? Remember Eeyore? It's going to rain. It's a terrible, bad day. You know, how, how often that's us that name the name of Christ. A bunch of Eeyore Christians. It's bad. And there are things that, that, that are reality. You think about it. There's a virus going around, I hear. There's a new variant of that that's, that's bothering folks. Do we lose hope or are we hopeful? We don't ignore reality. So how can we be hopeful? In our world today, depression is a major clinical illness. There are people that suffer from this dreaded disease, uh, sometimes because of their own making, many times because of a chemical imbalance or something within their, their makeup. But depressive disorders, according to one set of statistics, approximately 9.5% of Americans over the age of 18 will suffer from depression. 15% of those who are depressed will commit suicide. Folks, it's real. There are people that have no hope. That is depression. They show depression. And many times depression is a contributory, a contributing factor to fatal coronary disease. Stress. I'm not a medical doctor, but you can read and find out that these things are so. And so if you battle depression, I would suggest two things. One, see a physician, a medical doctor. Don't let someone tell you that because of your real depression that you're just unspiritual. But do seek help professionally. But I would also suggest to you that if you battle depression, if you seem to feel you have no hope, consider seriously seeking God and how He can do what this verse says, fill you with all joy and peace in believing. I'm not minimizing the reality of clinical depression. It's true in our community. It's true in our world. We know it to be so. Every family's been touched by it. We don't have a problem with saying something to, you know, hey, I take blood pressure medicine. You know, I know I could help that. You don't have to help me figure that out. I know there are ways and exercise and so forth. But, we don't. there's not that stigma. But there seems to be a stigma with mental health. And, and while that's not a main objective of my message this morning, but, but I would urge you, see a physician if that's an issue. But beyond that, I would also, and it's my responsibility as a preacher-teacher, it's to tell you to seek the God of hope. You don't have to live in despair, brother or sister in Christ. And so the God of hope wants us to be filled with all joy and peace. So let's analyze this verse quickly this morning. Just three simple divisions or breakdown of the text. First, I want you to see the source, then the foundation, and finally the means. The source of this abundant hope. What is it? Well, it's the God of hope. The God of hope. By that, Paul means he is the source. He is the giver of hope. Too many people that lack hope are looking for it in other things. That's why they're more miserable. They compound the issue. But hope, now now we need to ask, what is hope? Well, biblical hope is not uncertainty. Like we might use the the word hope In a sense, we might say, I hope it doesn't rain tomorrow. That's not biblical hope, my friend. Hope, when I see it in the Scripture, uh, the the word earnest expectation, or the words earnest expectation come to mind. Biblical hope is certain because it rests on God's promises. The God of hope... uh, He's the focus in this verse. He is the the source by which we find hope. In Romans 15, in verse 5, notice, Now may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded toward one another according to Christ Jesus, that you may with one mind and one mouth glorify God the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He is referred to as the God of perseverance, uh, uh, patience, and comfort, or consolation. He's referred to as the God of peace. You can find that in chapter uh, 15, verse 33, as he closes out that thought. May the God of peace be with you. Chapter 16, and verse 20, again, he, he says... Uh, The God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly, and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. So, we see these titles or descriptions of the Lord, but we find Him as the God of hope here in this text, the source of true hope. Now, what is this hope linked to? Go back in chapter 15 to verse 12. Verse 12 He quotes from Isaiah chapter 11 and verse 10. Again, Isaiah says, There shall be a root of Jesse, and he he who shall rise to reign over the Gentiles. In him the Gentiles shall hope. Who is the root of Jesse? The Lord Jesus Christ. He is the source of our hope. If you've not come to Jesus Christ As a guilty sinner, acknowledging that you are guilty before holy, righteous God, and turning to Him in faith, belief, trust, relying relying upon the atonement of Jesus Christ, the work of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary to redeem you. If you've never turned to Him, you have no hope. Paul writes to the Ephesians and says, You are without hope, children of disobedience. It's a significant theme in the book of Romans, the gospel, over and over again. It mentions the word hope. More than any other New Testament book, Paul is inspired to speak of hope in Romans. What's that tell us? Well, he's referencing the fact that our hope is in the good news of Jesus Christ. He is the source of our hope. A quickly, Quick survey of some of this hope that we find through the gospel of Christ. In chapter 5, verses 1 to 5, Paul elaborates there on our hope through the gospel as it's illustrated in, in chapters 3 and 4 in Abraham's life chapter 5, he says this, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we exalt, or exalt, rather, in hope. In hope. Our hope is in the Lord Jesus Christ. Knowing this, that though we have tribulations, those tribulations bring perseverance. Perseverance brings character. Character brings hope. Hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out or shed abroad in your hearts by the Holy Spirit. The gospel Is the source of hope, the good news of Jesus Christ. In chapter 8, in verse 20, there Paul mentions the fallen creation and that it eagerly awaits for the revealing of the Son of God. The creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of Him who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will also be set free from its slavery to corruption into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. Our hope, the hope of this created world, is in the Lord Jesus Christ. In chapter 12, we are to rejoice in hope as we persevere in tribulation. Chapter 15, here, verse 4, we have hope through the perseverance and encouragement of the Scriptures. Again, verse 12, our hope is in the Lord Jesus Christ, the root of Jesse, uh, the apostle. Paul is, is, this whole gospel is, is filled with passages that remind us of our hope in Jesus Christ as the source. The Apostle John understood that as well. He spoke in 1 John chapter 3, verses 2 and 3. Beloved, now we are the children of God, and it has not yet appeared is what we will be, but we know when He appears, we shall be like Him because we will see Him just as He is. And everyone who has this hope in Him purifies himself as he is pure. Hope is in the Lord Jesus Christ. So if you are lacking hope, maybe there's a medical condition that's brought you to that point. But let me go a step further and say, are you seeking the God of hope? Are you genuinely seeking the God of hope? He is the source of hope. But let's look further at this benediction, verse 13 of Romans 15. He, let's see the foundation. What is the foundation for this abundant hope? He says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace abounding in hope that you may abound in hope we want to be filled the word filled means to fill it up completely it's complete filling be filled with joy and peace you know joy and peace are a part of the fruit of the spirit when when we know the source and we go to the source of hope the Lord Jesus Christ. Then we have the foundation of joy and peace. Paul's already mentioned this in chapter 14 of Romans and verse 17. The order is reversed, but, but, but chapter 14, verse 17. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. That's legalism, folks. All right? Eating and drinking. I, you know, eat certain things, drink certain things, that makes you righteous. That's what some people think. Even today, Paul was combating that here. But he says, The kingdom of God is not that, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Peace and joy connected with the Holy Spirit uh, here. The, The qualities of the Spirit of God that are produced in us, they do not come from having a certain personality type. We often think, in terms of people being an extrovert or an introvert. I don't know which. Some days I'm extroverted, some days I'm introverted. But being an extrovert does not necessarily mean a person has joy and peace. I have a friend in in ministry that... that, uh, was an extrovert. I've never seen somebody that could go up to anybody, anywhere, anytime, and, and make a conversation with them. And it would be a just a bubbly, wonderful conversation. Get in an elevator and just, just out of the blue. I'm the I get in the elevator, I go over to the side, and I just I don't mind anybody else's business. Don't want them minding mine sometimes. But 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 this guy could uh, we just friendly go up, you know, we, you know, where'd you come from? I want you to just bubbly like that all the time. An extrovert. Then he lost his marriage. He lost his ministry. How much joy and peace did he have? He's still extroverted. He could still talk to anybody. You see, it's not not a certain personality type. But rather, the Spirit produced joy and peace. It's not bubbly, optimistic personality necessarily. Joy is not some outlook that denies reality either. Uh, it, it, w- there's still sorrow there's still grief there's still concern in life but but where does this come from you know the shortest verse in the greek new testament is found in 1 Thessalonians 5:16 rejoice always that's transliteration of the simple phrase that's used in in, in 1 Thessalonians 5:16 rejoice evermore rejoice always now, in the English translation, what's the shortest verse? John eleven thirty five. Jesus wept. But, but here we see two aspects. Jesus wept. We're to rejoice. Certainly, Jesus, while he wept over the situation with Lazarus for his family, he still had joy and peace, didn't he? He's able to restore life in that matter. But a realistic view of spirit produced. Peace and joy does not mean that we just shrug off all of the concerns of real life. But it means that we face them. We don't have some who cares, whatever attitude. That's what's wrong. One of the things wrong in our culture right now is that we just say, Well, whatever. Little Susie got pregnant out of wedlock. Whatever. Little Johnny's hooked on drugs. Whatever. And that's the attitude. Well, we see the realities of life in genuine concern. But biblical joy and biblical peace is that inner delight in God and His promises that He gives us comfort and contentment. Are we there yet? I'm not certain I am. But that's the challenge. What a beautiful passage romans 15 13 is a benediction we may quote it to end the service in some traditions but do we have it or are we hopeful may the god of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing in believing abundant joy and peace so we see the the source of hope is god the foundation then is joy and peace but what, how do we get that? What's the means by which we have this hope founded upon joy and peace? What's the means for it? Well, it, it's two aspects humanly speaking and divinely speaking. Humanly speaking, look what he says May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. How? In believing. Read that this way, in trusting. Maybe this way, in relying upon the Lord. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Believing what? That this is a great big world and God created it. He's the man upstairs and we tip our hat to Him. No. In believing what? that there shall be a root of Jesse, and he who shall rise to reign over the Gentiles, in him the Gentiles shall hope. Do you hope in the root of Jesse? In believing. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 is often given as the the description of uh, uh, faith, a definition of faith. Faith is the assurance of, of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Faith and hope sometimes are synonyms. Substitute one for the other. Here we see, in believing, we receive the foundation. We, We know the source of hope. In believing. How do I get this? Well, let me give you two things part of that answer one know god and his word know god and his the ways of god that are taught in his word it's all connected to the scripture the word of god this is god's spirit breathed word to you follower of christ if you're lacking hope what do we do? Get to know God. Get into the Word of God. Read it. Memorize it. Someone not long ago just said to me, said, I read it and I feel like there's nothing there. What do I do? Keep reading. Pray and say, God, I, 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 this is more than just words. Speak to my heart. God, use this. Meditate upon it like a, a cow chewing her cud. Uh, just over and over thinking on that then memorize it Put, commit it to your heart know that he is completely trustworthy god of hope get a job like faith remember job and what all he went through you think you've had a bad day i mean while he was yet speaking here comes another and says uh, your kids are now gone you lost your house now your kids and on top of that his his, his life made his wife said what curse god and die Job responded, Though He slay me, yet will I trust in Him. Are you there? That's knowing the God of hope. Things may be difficult. Maybe He might even call us home. The God of hope enables us to face these matters. Know God through His Word and that He's completely trustworthy. And then secondly... How do I have this kind of faith? Knowing through His Word and know that He's completely trustworthy. And then, secondly, choose to believe God in spite of the horrible circumstances that you face. That's what Job did. Make that choice. After Nebuchadnezzar's army destroyed Jerusalem and the temple, he slaughtered many Israelites. Jeremiah grieved. He didn't shrug off reality, he didn't say, whatever. Who cares? He grieved as a prophet of God. He's called the weeping prophet. But then he directed his thoughts toward God. Listen to what Jeremiah said in that horrible, terrible time. This I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. The Lord's loving kindnesses indeed never cease. His compassions never fail. They are new every morning, for great is His faithfulness. That's what we do. If we want to have the joy and peace in believing, that's what we do. Humanly speaking, we get to know God and His ways through His Word. And then we, we, we make it our commitment that we'll trust Him in regards to every matter no matter what comes. But divinely speaking, look at the end of verse 13. He says that you may abound, abundantly overflowing. Wonderful word in the scripture, abound. That you may be abundantly overflowing in hope. How? By the power of the Holy Spirit. We're answering the question, the means of this type of joy and peace, the means of turning to the God of hope, Humanly speaking, get to know God. Believing. Divinely speaking, know it's a work of the Holy Spirit's power. The power of the Holy Spirit. Do you see the trinity that's involved here? In the first part of verse 13, he talks about the God of hope. hope, Father God. Then he talks about the Holy Spirit at the end part. Verse 12, that we've referenced several times, he's talking about Jesus. So the Bible may never use the word trinity, but here he's referred to... As the triune God. And divinely speaking, the power for joy, peace, and abundant hope comes from the Holy Spirit. The same one that created the universe, the power of God that created the universe gives you hope. Are you seeking Him? He spoke, and the world came into existence. It's nothing. Well, it's a lot. But it takes nothing for Him and His power to give you hope in what you face. We're sealed by the Holy Spirit until the day of redemption. That's security, my friend. We are secure in the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit seals us, secures us. We have hope. Are you hopeful? Are you dwelling in that hope? Are you living? You say, preacher, it's all good what you say, but I'm not sure I'm living. What do I do? Practically, I'd suggest what I've already done. Begin each day spending time with God through His Word. Memorize, meditate upon His Word. Confess the eorisms of our life, our grumbling and our complaining. We thank Thee, O God, for all that You do for us and the life that You give us in itself. And friend, when you feel overwhelmed, when you feel hopeless, talk to yourself. You ever done that? You ever just taken time to listen to what you say to yourself? You stumble and hit your toe and it hurts a little bit. What do you call yourself? Self-talk is a very revealing factor for us if we'll do that. But, But let me suggest that When you find yourself less hope or without hope, you think, talk to yourself about God. Tell yourself again to hope in God over and over again. In believing, He says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Adniram Judson was a great Baptist missionary, lived in the 1800s, the early 1800s. He was the first American sent overseas to do missions, to carry the gospel to the people of Burma, which is modern-day Myanmar in, in Southeast Asia. largest landmass in Southeast Asia is Burma or Myanmar. He went there with very little results, and then there was a war between the United Kingdom and and Burma. During that war, for 17 months, this missionary, Adoniram Judson, was imprisoned. Someone wrote him while he was imprisoned and asked him this question. They said, Judson, how's the outlook? And while he's in prison, he had lost a wife. He actually lost two wives. He lost a child. He was imprisoned. How's the outlook, Judson? His response was, the outlook is as bright as the promises of God. I want to be that hopeful. Do you? Are you hopeful? Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for the scripture that reminds us of our hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we pray, Lord, this morning, if somebody here does not have that hope, maybe they're at the end of their rope. Maybe somebody that's watching uh, by, by internet or, uh, or listening at a later date, they're, they're struggling in life and they feel like they have no hope. How I pray they would look to the Lord Jesus Christ, the God of hope, who will fill us with all joy and peace in believing, not in doing, but in believing. Lord, may we give ourselves to that today, knowing that it's Your Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit that fills us with all joy and peace. We seek that in these dark days when there's a new report every day for something devastating about sickness and health and the economy's bad, all of these things. But Lord, The future is as bright as the promises of God. May we have a Job-like faith that says, Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. Thank you that Jesus suffered, bled, and died on the cross, paid for all of our sin, and we're hopeful through him. Thank you that he lives today and intercedes for us when we don't know how to pray. Lord, he speaks today softly and tenderly to hearts. May the lost believe upon Christ. May those who are saved be strengthened in their resolve to follow You, the God of hope, and be filled with all joy and peace in believing. We pray this in Jesus' lovely and wonderful name. Amen.